What's going on, ladies and gents? I'm Victor Ortiz, the WBC welterweight champion of the world. I'm gonna do it again. Don't forget that. But uh, man, I'm just trying to give a shout out to uh, all the podcast listeners. Um, by Flipside Sports podcast. So man, just a big hug, and I hope you guys are awesome. God bless you. We talking about practice, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? To the flip side podcast we are back for another <clears throat> season of the cover three podcast where we make picks against the spread for uh six nfl games per season or per week um it's early in the morning pardon me if i'm lagging a little bit um there's we we did not do a nfl preview this year but the plan is as we pick these teams which we will undoubtedly pick Every team, um, most likely throughout the course of the season, other than maybe the Lions and the Texans, um, we we will delve into maybe some of their some of their offseason storylines that um, that need to be discussed that that change the future or the betting lines of these franchises. I'm back with Tyler Hayward, host of Trouble with the Snap podcast. Um, I know he's gearing up for. Uh, college football season, which is partially underway in the Big Ten, um, if you want to call it that. How Illinois and Nebraska. Right. They uh, <laughs> they would be among the first five out if if they had to vote. But it looks like the, the conference is expanding. So uh, they're, they have job security at this point. Um, Scott Frost, maybe not. So, right. uh, Tyler, how you been? Doing good, doing good. Looking forward to another season of just completely crushing these bets. Right, right. It's I wish I wish it were that easy. Last year we were successful, uh, hitting at a clip at about sixty percent. Preseason has been about sixty six, sixty seven percent. That's for for entertainment purposes only, which I refuse <laughs> myself from entirely. Yes, and it's it's really preseason. Preseason's probably what what we should have recorded on because there's there's a lot of money to be made. Uh, death taxes and John Harbaugh covering the spread are really the only certainties in life. And somehow Vegas still makes him a three point favorite in games when he wins them ball by nineteen or twenty. So, without further ado, let's get to your first pick of the week. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to blow this one. Um, I, I got Buffalo minus six and a half over Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that uh, Buffalo is going to come out a little bit angry after how last season ended. Um, they completely fell apart against Kansas City. Uh, mental lapses and everything else. Uh, so I think they're going to come out focused and engaged. Uh, 
Pittsburgh revamped their offensive line. Yeah, it was kind of on the decline, but to get a new offensive line to gel, you know, sometimes that's the hardest thing in football. But you lose guys like Pouncey, and you lose guys like Dick. Uh, I like Buffalo's uh, front seven. I like their ability to get the rush. Um, Roethlisberger has a tendency to start slow. Get old and fat. And and finish slow. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that middle stretch is normally pretty good, and so I try to avoid Pittsburgh in most cases. But at the end of the season or at the beginning, I'll usually go against them. And uh, so that's why I'm taking uh, Buffalo against uh, Pittsburgh minus six and a half. Yeah, and, you know, the thing a lot of people are pointing to for Buffalo is the fact that they think that Josh Allen can't keep this pace, um, that he's going to – he's in for a regression year because last year he was absolutely phenomenal. But I watched a lot of Buffalo football, and Josh Allen's the real deal. And the fact that Brian Dable didn't leave and is back as offensive coordinator – tells me that um, we're not we're not going to see much regression. Obviously, teams are going to play them a little differently because they have a whole year of this, what turned into a juggernaut of an offense. But they retooled a bit. It looks like they they want Zach Moss in, in a bigger role. Um, they added Emmanuel Sanders to go mm-hmm. with Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Yep. And Isaiah McKenzie, they've got a, gad, a gadget guy that can return kicks, play the slot. Um and this is, this is a great matchup for them because uh, where the Steelers are are talented is at the wide receiver position. And for my money, there's not a better secondary in the NFL than the Buffalo Bills. So I, I, I like this pick. I like I like Buffalo in general this year. I don't I don't love the number, but if you want this one, uh, get it at six and a half because I have a feeling it's going to go to seven. Seven and a half, and that's a much, much less. That's one you don't want to play with with these two teams. Right. And the other side of that, the the seven and a half, this could easily be a touchdown game. So being at Buffalo, I I, I like this one a lot. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start my first pick with the opener, uh, the one that I feel the least confident about. (laughs) But I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys plus seven and a half. At Tampa, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are one of the more talented teams in the NFL. Whether they'll put that put that on the field is yet to be seen. I don't have a ton of faith in Mike McCarthy, but that is a big number. I think Dak Prescott's got a point to prove. I think this whole team has a chip on their shoulder, and it's it's the homecoming, it's the ring ceremony, it's a lot of things going on for Tampa. I don't think Tampa cares a whole lot game to game. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're putting a whole lot of weight into the opener. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna use, use their early games to get, get things right. Um, and, and try and work their way back to the form that they were at last season. They're not a young team by any means. Uh, but they do return a great defense. They do return Tom who still hasn't fallen off the cliff contrary to what everybody thinks every single year. But I just think that this Dallas team is too talented and um, I think that they're going to put up a fight. I don't think they win this game outright, but I do think they have the pieces to put up a fight um, with Zeke coming back healthy, Amari Cooper, and all these other pieces to go with uh, what what I think might be the defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons on the on the defensive oh, side yeah. of the ball. Easy. I um, 
I just I think that I think that Dallas is completely outmatched coaching wise, but I do think they're just as talented as Tampa. So I'm going with Dallas plus seven and a half because I like the number. <laughs> that that seven and a half is a big number. I'm not 100 percent sure if I'm on board with you here. I like Tampa. I mean, you, you said Tampa brings back this, brings back that. Uh, yeah, they brought back everything. <laughs> Literally everything, all 22 starters. This is a team that, um, and then obviously, you know, start diving into slot receivers like Antonio Brown, then, you know, you can add a lot more to that too. Uh, yeah, well, he's okay. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about Dallas's offensive line. I know they're not going to get a push, so I think Zeke can be shut down. Um, I Prescott's not been hit. He's about to get hit by, you know, the best front seven in football. Um, yeah, Dallas has playmakers. I love C.D. Lamb. Um, might, might not play for COVID reasons. Right. And, I mean, the COVID situation is very fluid this year, though, too. So, I I mean, you, it, if you throw him out of the game, too, uh, this, this is Tampa Bay. And, and uh, I don't think it's that close. Because I, I, Zeke wasn't good last year. And I know... Uh, you know, you get a couple coaches on hard knocks saying, oh, he came back in shape. Well, you know, I got to see it to believe it. Yeah, I think, but I no, think losing Dak Prescott hurt him a lot last year. Yeah, and F because you knew where that ball was going to go, but at the same time, you still had good receivers on the outside, receivers that could stretch the field, yep. receivers that you need to be concerned about, even if it's uh, Andy Dalton throwing him the ball. So I think it's a uh, – and like I said, Prescott's not been hit. He's about to get hit a lot this game. And so I'm kind of tipping towards Tampa. I know you said something about them not carrying game to game or whatever. But, you know, this isn't Major League Baseball where you have 100 some odd games. You know, you you only get 17 to prove yourself. And this is one of those games that, you know, you can't really start out 0-1. And I think Tom Brady's going to have him ready regardless. You know, he everyone talks about how he's loosened up since he left New England. I think he also brought some of that culture in regards to the focus and the preparation and everything else. I think he brought some of that culture to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it, it's a little alarming, the fact that I think that Tom Brady is more capable of running a team than anybody on the coaching staff for Dallas. <laughs> I, I yeah, never well, believed in Mike McCarthy, but I just I just don't know that um, Tampa's going to care a ton. Whether if it's a touchdown game, I, they're not going to try and cover this. <laughs> it's yeah. it's uh, I, maybe maybe a garbage time cover. I just I just like that number against a talented team. Yeah, and look, we're we're still not one. Yeah, Dallas got a little bit better defensively, but they needed to improve dramatically, and I don't know if they've done that. Yeah, they need DeMarcus Lawrence to be DeMarcus Lawrence. They need Parsons to be what, what they, where they drafted him, and they need Leighton Van Der Ash and Jalen Smith to be healthy. Yeah, and um, that's the hardest part. And... But if if they are, that, those three, I mean, obviously that's, that's about as good a three-linebacker set as you can find other than maybe the one on the other side. Right. Absolutely so. agree. So, all right, why don't you give us your second pick for the week? All right, my second pick, I'm taking the Chargers over the Redskins. Uh, Love it. 
minus one and a half. Um, essentially a pick them, really. And, look, Washington's got good defense. They've got a good running back in Antonio Gibson. Uh, you know, they have one of the more underrated receiver. Get they have all of that. Uh, the Chargers have a healthy defense, something they didn't have last year. This is a team that, uh, you know, with Herbert's experience, I think uh, that little – and, you know – I think he's one of those guys who there's going to be a little bit of an uptick. I, I didn't think Herbert was going to be a good pro. Uh, he's got the potential to be a top, I'll say, seven quarterback this year. He's awesome. And, sorry? I say he's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he's only going to get better. The Chargers are healthy. And I think that that's a big thing. Uh, you bring back a guy like Derwin James who can just throw all sorts of – which just – expands dramatically what the Chargers can do. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find another guy in the league who can do that the way Darren James can, um, expand what you can do defensively. And I think that uh, that's going to confuse, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as smart as he is. And I think it's, like I said, uh, they're healthy too. Um, you know, it wasn't just James. That entire defense was banged up. Eckler was banged up, you know. Th- this is a team. Bosa was hurt, and uh, th- this was a team that, you know, I feel like is before uh, Cleveland, you know, put up that fight against Kansas City last year in the playoffs. You know, I thought it's going to be, it could be, Mahomes and Herbert for some time uh, fighting for that AFC crown. Uh, you know, the Chargers still have a little bit of work to do to get to that level. But I feel like this spread is also partially because the Washington football team, I apologize if I called them the Redskins earlier, the Washington football team uh, made the playoffs last year. I, I, I feel like that's why the spread is so small. And, yeah. You know, the Chargers uh, dealt with a couple of different things, a couple of weird scenarios. And so I I think that's why the spread is so small, but I'm also not forgetting why they made the playoffs. And that's because that division sucks. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah, I think um, I, as you know, I've been a proponent of the Los Angeles Chargers for a long time, going back to – Rivers, Tomlinson, Schottenheimer, but even in the last year, I, I've going back to about Justin Herbert going into last year. Um, and, you know, you said Washington has um, an underrated receiver and Terry McLaurin. Uh, I don't know if there's two more under, underrated receivers as the two, the, the number one and two target for the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are – are game breakers. Keenan Allen may be the best route runner in football. Mike Williams is turning into the freak that we thought he was coming out of Clemson. Uh, Eckler's healthy. I love Josh Kelly. Um, obviously, I love Herbert, but you you nailed it. Derwin James. Um, I, I had the Chargers going, having a really good year last year before Derwin James got hurt. He, to me, everybody talks, you know, who's the best safety? Is it Buda Baker? Is it Teron Matthew, and I say it every time. It's Derwin James. We just haven't seen it enough yet. Um, Derwin James coming out of college was 
I mean, it's it's not it's not necessarily the Florida State impact. It's it's he reminds me of the hype and the can't miss prospect um, caliber of Jalen Ramsey when Jalen Ramsey came out. Yeah. Um, he went really high as a secondary guy out of Florida State. He can hit. He can cover. He can rush. He he plays like Jamal Adams, but this may may be unpopular. He might be better than Jamal Adams. Um, uh, in coverage, I think. Yeah, yeah, and he'll he'll I think he'll develop that run stopping and that playmaking. But he is absolutely fearless, and I I, I think this Chargers team I, I I bet them significantly to uh, take their division. I know that's that's crazy because the Chiefs are have a stranglehold on it. But I mean, at seven to one, I don't think there's a better a better value play than than the Chargers to win their division because the Chiefs come in with a much more difficult schedule. The Chargers, um, the only concern I have is they're changing coaches, they're changing systems. Yeah. But Herbert, Herbert's the kind of guy, I mean, he was academic Heisman, academic All-American. He had like a 4.82 uh, GPA. He's, he's smart. He's played an NFL offense. He'll adapt to this quick. Um, I think – I think this this team's the real deal, and if it's not this year, it's going to be soon. But I agree. I love them. I love them at minus one. I love them at I love them at three. Um, I, I love them for the for the, the whole season. But I feel like a couple good showings, and they're going to be a little inflated on their spread, so they might be a team to fade soon. Right. Uh, but I'm gonna jump on that while it's one and a half. Yeah, yeah, and they might they might win this one, and they might. Uh, get an even more favorable spread if they continue they're gonna they're gonna get really hyped because i feel like herbert's gonna get a lot of attention and the spread you're gonna be able to get some value going the other way on them so game i'm not i'm not sure which one i'm gonna call my lock but uh i'm gonna save the best for last so i'm gonna go my second pick is baltimore minus four and a half at Las Vegas. Now, uh, this I'm a numbers most of the time, and I know yeah. I know you sometimes hate it. This one isn't isn't <laughs> about the analytics. This is about the fact that it just feels like for the first three or four weeks of every season, the Ravens beat everybody by fifty, and uh, the fact that it's come out. This this season, the last couple of weeks recently, that a lot of GMs said that they have Lamar Jackson figured out. Um, maybe some teams do. I bet this isn't one of them. Oh yeah. Uh, this may be a defensive-minded team, and John Gruden. They are not a defensive talented team. Uh, they the 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 theory is that teams have watched enough tape to figure out Lamar Jackson. Usually, when a quarterback gets figured out. Uh, it's in their first or second season. I think Lamar Jackson's going into number three or four, and they haven't figured him out yet. But um, Ryan Clark said it better than anybody when they said that, um, you know, GMs have may have figured Lamar Jackson out. Ryan Clark said, yeah, we've known what he's doing. You just can't catch him. So it, it's not that you figured him out. He's just bigger, faster, and stronger than you. I think his inability to throw is completely overblown. I think he's an absolute – problem of a matchup and I, I like him for MVP this year I think uh, the loss of J.K. Dobbins hurts but 
I think the coaching with John Harbaugh and the defensive personnel, it just seems like they rotate defenders and they don't miss a beat. We've talked about some of the best secondaries in football. This one's in the conversation too. Yeah. Um, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. That's, I don't know what else it, you need. Yeah. And the rate and, uh, you know, the still don't have, you know, any receivers that are really going to challenge those guys. No. Uh, They're going to lock them down and come after Josh Jacobs. Yep. And uh, look, I I agree with you on some of your Lamar Jackson stuff. I disagree on other parts. Uh, I don't know. And uh, that that's the thing. It's like some people are saying, oh, he can't throw. And I'm, look, I'm one of those guys who's leaning that way. And then obviously, uh, um, look, but at the same time, we haven't seen him with the number one receiver. You know, he talked about, I just said something about the Raiders' lack of receivers. Ravens don't really have anybody. You can say what you want about uh, Marquise Brown. He's not number one. And I think his height may have been overblown a little bit. We'll, we'll see what he looks like with Rashad Bateman. Now, the problem is, is Bateman's probably going to miss week one. And uh, that's going to obviously, you know, in regards to uh, the aerial aspect of uh, the Ravens. But look, right right now the Ravens are just a more talented team with or without J.K. Dobbins. Um, I, they're a better coach team. Better kick I, li- I like this pick. I don't know if GMs have figured out Jackson or not, so I'm probably going to avoid the Ravens. But the, si- <laughs> but the situation is, is yeah, the situation with Jackson is when you have a quarterback like that, there's unlimited possibilities, really, for what you can do. And so there's going to be some new wrinkles. There's going to be some other things that you can do with a quarterback like that. And I think that um, – I just think that the Raiders are not going to be that team that sits there, you know, on the top of we told you so mountain. Right. They last year, the the Raiders gave up more rushing yards to quarterbacks than anybody in the NFL. They didn't play Lamar Jackson. The (laughs) The one that runs more than anybody. And I don't think they played Buffalo. So, Lamar Jackson yeah. might be able to do whatever he wants. In yeah, and I mean, like, Mahomes and Herbert can move, but not like that. <laughs> and so, no. I, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. You know, this Baltimore team is a rush first, rush second, rush third, rush fourth team, pass fifth, maybe. You know Mark Davis is going to be up there just drooling as this team gets shredded because he's just like Al Davis. He just wants fast players, and he's going to be watching Lamar Jackson like we need to get him. But you don't <laughs> you don't have the assets to get him because um, you're the Raiders. And right. They're, they're, all this talk about uh, Lamar Jackson, do we pay him, do we not pay him? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, pay you... him because those don't come around every day. Yeah. I, no, like I said, I would wait a while to – you know, determine whether or not you pay him or not, at least the, you know, specific amount. But just because I'm, like I said, I'm not 100% sure he can throw the ball when he needs to, but he's not going to need to in this game. Yeah, so. and he hasn't really had to. And people say, well, well he, he'd prove that he can't throw in the playoffs. Well, it's the playoffs and defenses are just better. Um, 
Yeah, teams teams tend to struggle a little more if you're not Tom Brady. But yeah. Um, all right, let's get to your. What are you on your your third pick? Huh? Yeah. Oh man, you're locking yeah. them up, huh? I'm gonna lock this one in. All right. All right. Seven and a half against Detroit. Now, here's my reason for that. Detroit sucks. Yeah. Third pick. No. Um. <laughs> look, the San Francisco. We talked about the Chargers being beat up. San Francisco was just like that, you know. And I think it's hilarious when you have people talking about the Green Bay Packers. Um, oh well, you know they were one game away from the Super Bowl last year. Blah blah and all that. Stuff that came with the Aaron Rodgers drama. It, yeah, they're not one. See, and people are forgetting about San Francisco. I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. And you know, I think it's Garoppolo uh, heading into this week. Um, you know, you lose you lose a couple of your running backs. That's fine. Mostert's healthy, and then you add a guy like Trey Sermon who can. Uh, get some of those tougher yards. Uh, Niners still got a great offensive line, but like I said, defensively, you know, we talked about one Bosa being hurt. Well, the other Bosa's coming back too. And the, this maybe, Niners, maybe the better Bosa. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and I can I mean, you can make a case for either one just because the Charger Bosa's a little younger. A little less uh, tape, but um, yeah, I think that this is a uh, this is a Niners team that's completely healthy, and well, we don't know what Detroit can do. They they don't have a good a great number one receiver. Um, obviously, they thought it was good, and their receiving core was good enough to cut uh, Brashad Perriman. But that yeah, that dude can't read a playbook. Yeah, and well, I love how uh, Campbell's building this team. I still think they're three years away from. Uh, you know, causing a storm uh, just because there was so little talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Goff, I feel, needs those good receivers. And while he has Hawkinson and Swift can come out of the backfield, uh, it's not really going to help against San Francisco. So, uh, the defensive line, I like how the Lions built that. Uh, you know, but they lost a couple of quality guys up front already. And I just on the defensive line, and so I, I think it's San Francisco. I don't think it's close because no. I mean, I mean, you, you said you told me uh, a while ago you wanted to avoid picking it because it's new coach, it's new quarterback. We don't know what they're going to do. I, for this game, it doesn't really matter because this Niners defense is back. It's 100% healthy. Might be the best defense in the league again because they lost so much last year and they were still pretty solid defensively. Now, the thing is, is when you get into games against quality teams, you need to be able to efficiently. Um, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy to do that, but I think he can beat Detroit. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought to myself, like like you said, that I am not going to touch them early. Uh, I've watched a, a, a bit of them in preseason, and I am not afraid to touch them. Um, yeah. I a lot of people believe that the the Lions are withholding their playbook and withholding whatever. You they better hope so, because what they've shown 
in the preseason has been laughable. There's there's a chance that Trey Sermon has a breakout game in his first game because he might have played better defenses at Purdue. Um, this the the one factor that gives me reason to pause on San Francisco is the loss of Robert Sala. Yeah. Um, I think I think that defense might take a minute to get get their bearings in in a new system, but. Um, I think the talent's there. They locked in Fred Warner, who might be one of the five best middle linebackers in football, especially in coverage. Um, the Bosa's back, like like you said. They've they've got they've got disruptors everywhere. I'm not talking about Richard Sherman's off the field issues. Um, Kittle's back. Uh, Debo Samuel, Ayuk. They, they've got pieces everywhere. They've got the zone running scheme. They've got a great offensive line. Uh, it looks to me what the Lions, the Lions kind of remind me of the Dolphins right now. Like, I, I don't believe in Dan Campbell strategically, kind of like Brian Flores, but I think the players are going to love him and they're going to play hard for him. Yeah. I think that Kyle Shanahan is playing chess and Campbell's playing checkers. I don't think you could explain how to play chess to Dan Campbell. I don't think you can explain how to play shoots and ladders with Dan Campbell. No, and he... I, 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 I look. I, I love the guy. Uh, I, I think you're exactly right. These players are going to go balls to the wall for him, but uh, the, these players going balls to the wall doesn't really matter. Yeah, and the fact that your number one weapon coming out of camp is your tight end is not good. Um, right? No, no, Hawkinson's a great tight end, but tight... he's still a tight end. Uh, huh? But he's still a tight end. Yeah, but yeah, so is Travis Kelsey. What I'm saying there's there's no Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> Tyrell Williams. And I think that that's the difference. But you know, when when you talk about something like that, like it doesn't matter. Like Hawkinson's a great tight end, but you do need receivers. You've got to be able to hit that deep play. And we talk about Warner and coverage. If Warner's matched up against Hawkinson. Uh, yeah, that doesn't negate Hawkinson because Hawkinson's such a great tight end, but it slow him down. And when you slow down your, I don't want to say only threat because Williams is okay. He's just not number one. And so I, we don't know what Ross St. Brown and Cephas are, but as of right now, it looks like Hawkinson and then Swift are your best targets. Yeah. And, and... Yeah. No, I'm 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 right there. I'm right there with you. And so that's why I like the Niners. I think I think Swift has Swift has to have a great year. He has to be able to run the ball. He has to be healthy because Jared Goff, without a play action um, threat, without a bevy of weapons, is not successful. He can't handle pressure up the middle. He's in a good spot for that. He's got Sewell. People. People have downed so far, but you got to remember this. This guy's been off for a year, and before that, he was playing in the Pac-12. He is, and before he that, is, he was playing left tackle, not right tackle. And so there's yeah, a learning. He can absolutely play. I can tell you that. Goff doesn't yeah. do well with pressure up the middle. There's nobody in the game better than Frank Ragnow. Right. Um, I think that that one yeah, sucks to say, but to, yeah, <laughs> being able to get pressure up the middle is going to cause a lot of problems for golf, especially if there is no play action threat. So yeah. Yeah. and Taylor this, Decker's still on the left side. So let's not forget that when we're talking about uh, this offensive line. Like, yeah. He, Decker's been awesome. He was awesome was last year. He, Decker was great last year. 
Yeah, De- Decker's not as bad as people think that he is. Um, it took him a long time to get going, but at the same time, he still has uh, the ability to make some untimely penalties. I could see this being like a four-point game, and then Sermon getting a five-yard, you know, rushing touchdown or whatever at the end to, to cover. Yeah, and you know, Decker was great last year, but. Um, for all the detractors of Matthew Stafford's mobility, he's a lot more mobile than he gets credit for. Um, Goff is not that. Yeah. I, so you, you, Decker uh, Stafford. misses. Stafford, Stafford's not back there to get out of the way or step up. There's Goff does not have the pocket awareness that Stafford had. And so if, if a block is missed, Goff's not going to see it coming. Right. And, and you're, you're, there's going to be some blocks missed against Detroit or against San Francisco. You know, it's a young line still trying to get a couple things together, a couple pieces together. Um, like I said, I like the way the team's being built. Yeah, I, I just don't like where they're at right now. I think Sewell's going to get much like last year's first pick for Detroit. Akuda got exposed early, but you got to remember he came out of Ohio State where. Um, they have the best player at every position. I think Akuda can absolutely play, but last year people were dogging him. I mean, he didn't have a preseason, and he went from playing Wisconsin to playing Rodgers and Adams in week one. Like, there's, there's a learning curve, and I think Panay Sewell is going to get exposed in week one because he's going to be lined up against Nick Bosa from the start. Um, I, think, I think it'll be a good, good measuring stick. I don't think it's going to look great right away. But um, I, I, I like the way they're building. I'm just not drinking the Motor City Dan Campbell Kool-Aid, even though I do have a bite of kneecap T-shirt. Um, I just I, I thought it was funny. I don't necessarily believe in this team. Yeah, and look, I yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on Okuda though either, because Okuda's not looked great. No, he in needs a pass rush. Preseason either. I, I just think he's a, you know, I think he's his own corner. I don't think he's a man-to-man type guy. And, you know, you've got to be able to do that a little bit in this league. And Yeah, so and he's had, I mean, at Ohio State, he had the benefit of having Nick Bosa when he was young and then Chase Young. Um, yeah, he, yeah he, pressure and make quarterbacks make mistakes. Yeah, he, he's had the best, like, front four uh, in college football or whatever for a few years. And so – and other good corners and he hasn't always been on the one and yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be asked to do a lot. Um, I'm not ready to call him a bust, but, I, but I how, be but, a rough year. but how ironic would it be if of all of the great defensive backs that have come out of Ohio state over the last few years that the Detroit lions found the only turd. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, uh... <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it a bit. It, it, it would be fitting. And, you know, I, like you said, he's still a young guy. So I'm not really to phone it in like a couple of those uh, Detroit sports talk show hosts or anything like that. But he needs to step it up. And he needs yeah, to... he needs he needs help and coverage from from somebody else, though. Like he's yeah. we're seeing the, ju- the the people passing judgment on him. But are the same people that said that Darius Slay was trash in his last year in Detroit. Like there's, I don't care. I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey. I don't care if it's Darrell Rivas. 
you cannot cover for 15 seconds. You have to get pressure on the quarterback. And yeah. asking asking someone like Akuda to go toe to toe with Adams and Justin Jefferson and Allen Robinson twice a year, like he did last year, is is ridiculous. If you're not going to put pressure on the quarterback, I yeah. Think... And, and look, sometimes it helps to throw a safety over the top lines and half the safeties. And so no, because Patricia ran them all out of town. Yeah. Quandre yep. Diggs, that'd have been cool. Nevin Lawson, that'd have been cool. But God, can we the, go back to even Glover Plant? I think yeah. I think uh there's gonna be a shorter leash on Akuda than there probably should be because he is not one of Dan Campbell's guys. Um right. I, I don't I don't think it was a bad pick. I, I think that when they took Akuda where they did, I, I think a lot of people thought, well, he's a corner, they don't need that. But he was a lot of a lot of guys that get paid a lot of money to scout these things had him as the best at that position in the draft. Yep. So um I, I'm I'm not willing to throw in the towel on him yet, but Campbell might be because Campbell wants to build it his way and I'm not sure that Akuda is one of his type of guys. Yeah, but so like it, I said, we'll, like we'll, we're we'll... gonna trade him and he'll be an off pro somewhere else. Yep, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. All right. My last pick. There's just so much about this pick that makes it easy. Uh, I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams at home, minus seven against Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears. Uh, I know you see what I did there. So there's no coach. I know we just I just talked about how little faith I have in Dan Campbell. The fact that Matt Nagy can even coach a seventh grade team blows my mind. Um he is the worst coach in the NFL now that Dan Quinn's gone <laughs> and Matt Patricia. Yeah. Um there's so many things I like about this. This is the Sunday night football week one. Uh this is Matthew Stafford in a new home. Uh, all sorts of excitement around this. I know you're not a Stafford guy, but right. uh, the fact that there's a good chance that Chicago, Matt Nagy comes out and says that he's starting Justin Fields, which would be a terrible mistake um, in week one. It, I would take this at 10 if Fields is the starter. I believe in Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. I think he's explosive, but I think that a guy that's played with backups all preseason and has had five to six seconds to throw, uh, making him your starter week one against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is a grave mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, the six seconds are gone. This is a defense you've never seen, much like we talked about with Akuda playing with the best players and not against them. Uh, this will be a culture shock for D- Justin Fields. This needs to be Andy Dalton week one. Um, I still, I still, if, whether it's Dalton or not, I, I think that the Bears lack weapons. Um, their one weapon is Allen Robinson that is negated by Jalen Ramsey. I, the, the thing that makes me lock this one in, though, is the fact that Stafford is going to have nerves being in a new place, new home, all of this. What better than a defense, than facing a defense that you have absolutely shredded? for the last 10 years and you're familiar with, you can outthink, out scheme, you know exactly what they're doing because they haven't changed anything in years. Um, mm-hmm. He's got weapons. They brought in Sony Michelle, his lines, not what it was in Detroit, but 
his defense is the best he's had his whole career. I think this is a runaway. Um, I, I don't have a lot of hope for the Bears. Obviously, I have a ton of hope for the Rams. This one, this one seemed too easy. If this and this is going, this this line's moving closer to Chicago. So at seven, I love it. If this gets to six and a half, bet it. Yeah. Yeah, and now, look, I, I'm not as big of a fan of Stafford, and so my only concern is <laughs> – my only concern, because here, here's the thing, receiving core that he's had, but he's always had a guy like – he's always had a guy like Calvin Johnson or Kenny Galladay, and as good as Woods is, as good as Cup is, they're not either one of those two. And so that, they're that probably, would – They're probably not Marvin Jones. Yeah, and that would be my concern. That, like I said, that's my only concern. But as far as the depth goes, you know, everything else around him, I think it fits well for him. Um, McVeigh, he has the, he has a running game now, and I know Acres is hurt, but Henderson's going to be just fine. And an offensive uh, coach. Yeah. Yep, and uh, he a little bit more time with the threat of a running game uh, on his play actions, which I think are one of the more underrated um, things that he did really well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just different when you can't run that action with, you know, it's you can run it with Henderson. It's a little different when you try to run it with guys like Theo Riddick. <laughs> and so yeah. – he he's not or McCullough Shore or whoever it was. Adrian it, Peterson. Or well now. A, a, yeah, Adrian Peterson now. And so um that that's my concern. I don't I mean or that that's one of the things like I said, I think he does well. I just don't know, you know, the lack of, you know, one of those Kenny Galladay, Calvin Johnson type guys is you know, good for him. He needs to keep it under control. He can't try to do too much. You know, let the defense win this game. They're probably going to anyways. Um, I'm blew it with Trubisky, and yeah. you, you and me, I think, are the only ones on that train because Trubisky had that ability to roll out. He had that ability to, uh, yeah. You, you know, could, make, you could have holes in your offensive line. Trubisky can mask them. Yeah, and, you know, Andy Dalton cannot. And so I think that this is one of those things. If, if they start Justin Fields, it's over. Justin Fields is really going to find out how fast the NFL is, uh, you know, going against that defense in week one. Um, I, I think there's – I think you're shortchanging the Bears a little bit. They do get Cohen back. They have Moon, solid receiver. I, I'm not going to – I don't beat my chest out this offense, um, but I love it. I love Allen Robinson. I have for a while. Yeah, yeah, but in they do have those additional parts that I think you failed to mention. Mike, good, but Montgomery was also better with. Yeah, and he doesn't have. So I think that. Uh, like I said, I, man, Nagy just completely screwed the situation up. I oh, think it's, terrible. I think it's the Rams. I'd like the pick to cover. 
Um, I think we're shortchanging, like I said, the offense for Chicago a little bit. But Matthew Stafford's played this defense twice a year. Yeah. Every year. For unless he was hurt. Well. In which in which case he yeah, in which case he's still, you know you know, he's still overlooking, he's still helping Orlovsky or whoever had to come in because he was hurt. Um, but this is yeah, this this is a situation that just all tips towards the Rams still despite Chicago. Um, just because I think the things that I don't like about Chicago are that much worse. Yeah, and the 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 easiest other other than a Harbaugh spread in the preseason, the easiest one I had was the Bills against Chicago. I saw that one. It, it, the the easiest money I've ever won was them announcing that Mitch Trubisky is starting against Chicago, and uh, he had the chip on his shoulder from being let go. He was familiar, much like Stafford, with his defense, and he absolutely torched them. He torched mm-hmm. their ones with a bunch of twos. And um, I think you're going to see the same out of Stafford. I think um, I think that, I think the thing that's not talked about when people talk about Stafford's weapons here in L.A., uh, these guys are much better at getting separation than Galladay was. Um, mm-hmm. They're not they're not the go up and get it guys, but um, week one we have let's let's take it for what it is because you won't have it week two most likely. You have a healthy Deshaun Jackson, and what that guy does, uh, he could end a game with three catches for thirty yards, and he's the biggest difference maker on the field because of how much he stretches it out and makes the defense respect um, what he can do. Do I think that it changes the Bears' defense at all? No, because they're elementary, and I think Deshaun Jackson's going to beat them over the top because they're not paying attention. Um, but against other teams, as long as he's healthy, uh, this defense is going to be wide open. McVay knows how to use pieces like that. I think the Rams are in for a huge, huge year. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into the fact that, I mean, I know you disagree. Stafford is an upgrade from Jared Goff. He's mm-hmm. not a huge upgrade. Jared Goff right. was a number one pick. He's He delivers a beautiful ball. He's great on intermediate routes. Mm-hmm. What he can't do is the things that's, that Stafford can do that people rave about is fit balls into tiny windows um, and improvise. Goff is, a, Goff is Matt Ryan. Um, he, yeah. great mechanics, throws a pretty ball, throws people open makes all the throws, but he doesn't take chances. And Stafford can make the throws that you don't think are open. And when you give him threats across the field like this, with an offensive mind like this, I think they're going to hang a lot of points on a lot of teams. And yeah. uh, they're not going to give up a lot of points. I think I think the, the Rams are the real deal. They're just getting more into their future here. But I think um, they they're a lock to win – six divisions in the NFL. The one they're in may not be one of them. <laughs> because I, I don't believe a whole lot in Seattle this year. I, I give questions about their defense and the happiness of what might be the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, but I think the Niners and the Cardinals are very, very real threats. But 
that said, these this isn't one of those teams. This is this is a seventh grade offense. This is a seventh grade defense. Um, the Bears suck. Maybe that's just the homer in me, but the, the outside Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, I, I don't see much disruption out of this team. And if this was Jared Goff, maybe because they can get to the quarterback, but Stafford isn't rattled by pressure the way Goff was. So um, this is a this is a better coaching matchup, better quarterback, better defense, better receivers. I, I, across the board, the Rams are better than the Bears. At yeah. home, I, I love it. Yeah. Well, so let that. But I mean, if you if you don't feel comfortable with that spread, let it trickle down a little bit. Um, because it is tipping yeah. towards Chicago, towards uh, Chicago, and then uh, ride the Rams on that one. Yeah, and this one, this one I like up up to eight and a half. I mean, eight's a terrible number. Uh, I love it. Obviously, it's six and a half, eight and a half, not as. Um, appetizing, but I, I think this might be a 17 point win. So, yeah. um, but yeah, that's what we got. Um, looking to go six and all last year, we hit right around 60%. So, and, um, and we didn't do one last year. That's the thing. And I felt, and I always feel like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the jinx on this week. One's usually the easiest week to bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, six because I said that. Yeah. But this, but it's the easiest week to bet. We hit sixty percent last year, and you know we went back, we looked at the spreads, and I'm like, we would have crushed week one too. So ride with us. Yeah, and it's it's uh, week one just to you who who's an eye test better week one is the easiest I like to wait till like week four or five so I can get some some numbers into this because that's where I find my that's where I find my not so popular plays like la- last year um, it took till about week four or five and I started digging into the numbers to realize teams like Miami who were giving up the lowest yards per play um, Tampa's defense being the best in the league the Rams defense was I noticed, you know, their their gaudy numbers before a lot of people realized how good their defense was. So for me, it's usually week four or five when I start to really get a feel for teams. Week one, though, you can capitalize on on the uncertainty of coaches and Vegas not really knowing what to expect out of teams. Um, so we'll we'll see how this plays out. I feel good about them. We we took some big big numbers, but. But I rolled on the big numbers last year, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's we didn't see um, a whole lot of huge spreads. Um, I think you're going to see a huge one in week two when the Lions head to Lambeau on Monday Night Football. Um, that one's already at 10. I think if the Packers do what the Packers do and the Lions do what we expect them to do, I think that's going to be 13 or 14. Um yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. touch that one. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to recap, we've got Dallas plus seven and a half, Rams minus seven, Baltimore minus four and a half. Those are my picks. Tyler has Buffalo minus six and a half against Pittsburgh. The Chargers minus one, one and a half, two. I like them all the way up to there. Um, I like them anything at, under three at Washington. And then San Francisco minus seven and a half as it stands at Detroit. 
So those are our picks week one. Make sure you follow them, share them, support the show. We are back. Bet them. Bet them. Uh, unless we lose, like and then it's not our fault. Yeah. yeah. We, we do not tell you what to do with your money. But right. if we were, we are not bet. advisors, but, but bet us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is that is what we got. Cover three, we are kicked off. We are launched. We are ready to go for another, um, what, eight to 18, 19 weeks? Oh, and we did the playoffs last year, too. Yeah, so uh, got a little bit longer year. We're, we're going to hit 90%. Yeah. 90% okay, so that jinxes this morning. Yeah. All right, but I hope you guys all have a great weekend. Um, football starts next Thursday. Cowboys, Bucks. I don't feel great about it, but tail it anyway. Um, that's all we got. We'll be back for week two. Um, have a great weekend. Have a great day. Let's make some money. <laughs>